Welcome to How to Money with Cole and Cole. I'm Cole. And I'm Cole. We coach people every day on their money and how to plan for the future. As financial advisors, we're here to have an honest conversation and educate you on how to money. Intentionally and passionately, hit your money goals. And we'll throw in some sports talk along the way. Our mission and goal of this podcast is to improve your money journey and help you create the financial life you deserve. So let's talk money and sports. Welcome back to How to Money with Cole and Cole. I am your host, Bailey Ashbrook, a licensed advisor at Central Financial Group and also best basketball player in the office. <laughs> we, we've yet to see about that, but uh, I'm Cole Peterson, uh, partner investment advisor at, uh, at Central Financial Group, and my Cubs still stink, but Broncos are two and one. Excited about that. I'm Cole Jasky, financial advisor, uh, wannabe golfer, uh, and I would say I'm a wannabe podcaster. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we're we're working on it. Yep. Hey guys, I'm Caleb Westall, uh, producer of the How to Money with Colin Cole show uh, here with Spin Market. Um, the Panthers finally won a football game, and it's only three weeks until the opening day of the NBA season. So I'm excited about that. NBA guy, I forgot about the yeah, racing at NBA. I know. Yep. Yeah, I know. No, yeah, my Steelers are one and two. Not a great start to the season. So our best player, defensive player of the year, is hurt you know, could be out majority of the season. So it could be time. worse. You could have Baker Mayfield as your quarterback. Yeah. So well, he has Mitch Trubisky. I don't know <laughs> yeah, if that's yeah, much better. Yeah, that, I wouldn't consider that an upgrade. No, no. Do you guys do fantasy football? Oh yeah. How's yeah. that? How's that? Going? My team's two and one. I'm doing all right. Yeah. Nobody ever wants to hear about your fantasy football mm. team though. Mine's not no. very good. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Mm. See competitive, competitive, but today we're going to talk about what is a bear market? All things, opportunities in a bear market, tax loss harvesting, just some good topics because I think it's a it's a big conversation right now. The market, what's going on in the market? With everything that's going on, uh, you know, there are some things that you can take advantage of, and I think people don't realize that um, when the market is down, that's not such a bad thing, especially for younger people, uh, people not withdrawing funds from investments, things like that. So it's not always a bad thing. Um, rising interest rates always not such a bad thing. Uh, you just got to know how to utilize the tools. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it comes back to, you know, we always preach having a plan, right? Right. And these, these are one of the times it's easy to stay and talk about your investments and your strategy when, when everything's, you know, going up. But in all reality, you know, one third of the time, you know, the market's going down. You know, so in all reality, we're going to have to deal with this and a lot younger, you know, clients, older clients, there's going to be multiple more times. So, so I think you got to look at it as, you know, take the positives uh, with what the market's given us and, and make sure, and it's a good time to revisit your plan, yep. make sure that your strategy is, you know, you're comfortable with what you have and you're working with your, you know, your professionals to, to, to be you prepared. Know, yeah. To wait through these times. Yeah. Let yeah. me ask this then, cause I'm, I'm sure if Caleb maybe not, might not know this. What is a bear market when we say that? Right. Right. So a bear market is, uh, when the major indices are down over 20% from their high. So the S and P 500 hit that yesterday for the, for the first time in 2022, you know, the NASDAQ and the S and P 500 have been down more than that. Um, and, and a lot of people use the Dow as, as a, as a measuring point, but the Dow is only the top 30 companies in the world. So it's not a great measuring, uh, is in the world, the U S U S in the U S <laughs> most of the time, the S and P is that we use as, as like, if we're comparing indexes, we're going to use the, the S and P 500, which is the largest 500 companies in the U S that's, I think a more, 
uh, accurate reflection of where the overall U.S. market mm-hmm. is doing. But, you know, depending on who you ask, that, that could change. Right. But the, the top 30 companies being down 20% uh, or more is, is kind of, it's not shocking by any means, but it, but it definitely raised some headlines because the Dow hadn't hit that point until yesterday. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and we were talking about this yesterday. It happens. Like there's an average bear market time. I think it was 280 some days. This does happen. But like we said, there is opportunity. So Cole Jasky, maybe talk about the opportunity you kind of see for your clients and things you kind of help them with in a bear market. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, first and foremost, you put it, you know, in terms of time, right, mm-hmm. for, for people. And that's where we always got to get back to the context of how long you know, is, and if you're looking at current money invested, are you going to be invested and in making sure people look at their timeline and say, oh, I've got 10, 15, 20 years. If they do in the longer the time horizon, it's probably an opportunity to say, hey, yeah, I don't know if, you know, now's the best time to buy. But if you have dollars available or money, you were going to be investing at a future point or, you know, you had earmarked to go into your retirement portfolio, investment portfolio, it's probably a good time to, to look at start adding that in. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we're, 20% cheaper than what we were, you know, uh, at the beginning of the year. So uh, yeah, is that exact bottom? Who knows? You know, we're not uh, going to ever try to predict the bottom, but that's, that's one area I would say. Um, number two, you know, and uh, this is something, uh, you know, most financial advisors should be talking about to you uh, as clients is tax loss harvesting. Um, for the first time, you know, I would say uh, with the quickness of the volatility, we probably do have some, some losses, capital losses or short-term losses that you can offset, um, some either capital gains or, or different, different scenarios there. Um, just stop you real quick. Just explain real quickly. What is tax loss harvesting for some listeners who might not be familiar with that? Yeah. So, um, I, I got an example. This is, this is kind of a, I would say a case study of, of something I've been going through recently. Obviously we never give out any clients names or, or information here, but I had a client that recently had a $50,000 capital gain. He realized from the sale of a piece of real, real estate. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and we went through, yeah. So, and it's a good and a bad thing, right? When you, you made some money, but now you have to pay capital gains tax on that. So we went through and he's got a significant portion of his wealth into individual equities and stocks. And uh, we had made some transactions last year and he does have some capital losses that we can, we can take. So we uh, went through his portfolio and and looked at some of the, his losses and we were able to, to take about $53,000 worth of capital losses to not only offset that gain, uh, that capital gain, uh, as well as $3,000 of his ordinary income. Um, That saved him, you know, on the capital gain side, about $7,500 and in federal capital gains tax by doing that. And the other thing is we're able to, um, you know, reestablish, he immediately put that money back into, into stocks, not the same stocks. You have to wait 30 days if you want to buy the same stock, but into, into stocks similar, um, to reset his basis. And hopefully when the market does rebound in which he's a long-term investor understands it's a, it's a, it's a time game, not a short-term game, uh, that his gains will be multiplied by, you know, by, buying at that 20% discount and realizing the tax benefit. Yeah. So, so you can take advantage of a down market just like you can uh, of an up market. Um, just to, to clarify a couple things for the listeners, uh, you can't do the tax loss harvesting in an IRA. Uh, IRAs are yep. already tax deferred. So you have to do this in a non-qualified account, like uh, Cole said, brokerage, uh, stocks, uh, bonds, mutual funds, yep. something that that is not tied to an IRA. Um, and then I wanted to go back to 
the bear market uh, because our average bear market is typically 289 days. We looked this stuff up yesterday when we were preparing for the podcast. Not that I knew that off the top of my head. By any means, um, since the top of the market in January, I mean, we're on 245 days. So I'm not saying that it's only going to be volatile for the next 45 days and we're going to be out of the bear market, but it's like we've been dealing with this all year. It's nothing new. So it's it's just hit that point where we thought it was a good topic because we hit that point yesterday. Right, and there, there's a lot of things going on in the economy. Another one is Fed's raising rates, and we kind of talked about that yesterday as well. And Cole P., you can speak on this too. Like sometimes when rates go up, there's an advantage. Like money markets are higher than if you're sitting on cash. Maybe explain that as another opportunity for people. Right. Just, uh, just about a year ago, um, you know, the best rate that we could find was on a five-year fixed indexed annuity or fixed annuity, excuse me, um, at 2.25%. Uh, now that rate is 4.5%. So people can take less risk and make more guaranteed return. On the flip side of that, if you have any credit card debt, uh, if you have anything that's on a variable interest rate, which means that it fluctuates with what the, the interest rates are doing, you are going to pay more interest. So if you have cash sitting on the sidelines and you have credit card debt, something that has on a variable rate, you should pay that, you know, should pay that debt off. Um, another thing that has happened recently is, is mortgages, mortgage rates have, have changed. You know, we had a mortgage historically, uh, mortgage rates have, have, have been around, you know, four, five, 6%. And they were at the lowest last year, one year ago, about 2.85%. Right right now, they're back up to 6.5%. Well, we were talking about that yesterday because people still, like, we're so spoiled, the fact that we were around 2 to 3%. We're like, and now we think 5, 6, we're like, wow, that's just insane. But that's actually not as high. I mean, it's higher, obviously, than 2. But back in the day, I mean, 8 was, I mean, it's just funny how times have changed. I've heard so many people say, well... I had a mortgage at 18% when I was for, when I was a kid, you know, when my first house was 18%, I can't even fathom that. And so we're, yeah. So in relative context of like, we're still at, you know, a, a lower rate environment, but it, it definitely changes, you know, and, and, and it's going to be interesting to see how that evolves into the housing market and different things of, of where that goes. But, uh, uh, you know, you need to be having these conversations. I mean, that's that's the, I, I think uh, if we kind of have the headline of this podcast, make sure you're having those discussions of thinking through, you know, some of those different scenarios of what you're doing. I just think it's so important to sit with a financial advisor. Obviously, we're financial advisors. We're going to say that. But stuff is changing so much. Inflation, you know, it's just all of it combined, the market, the, the bear market. Caleb, did you know what a bear market was? Not until yesterday. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's just so important to educate yourself. And that's what we, I think you guys will say we love to do. So um, there's also more opportunity going on, but we'll take a quick break and then we'll get back to that. This podcast is produced by Spin Market and Digital. Located in Fort Dodge, Iowa, Spin Market's highly skilled team can help you increase your market by updating your website, improving SEO, designing advertisements, and producing podcasts that will grab the attention of your market. Contact Spin Market today for all your digital marketing needs at digitalagent at spinmarketwith2ks.com or call us at 515-302-8026. And to learn more, visit our website at www.spinmarketwith2ks.com. That's digitalagent at spinmarket.com or 515 Three zero two eight zero two six. 
or visit our website, www.spinmarketwith2ks.com. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, real quick, want to reference this. It's September 27th. My husband's birthday is in two days. Good thing I looked. But this will air October 4th. The market and everything changes quickly. So we just want to reference that real quick. But how about them Broncos? In, in, inching by this weekend, Cole P. Yeah, yeah. They they pulled out a close one, unlike the first week where they lost a, lost a close one to the Seahawks. But And then they um, you know squeaked by the Texans at home. So I'm not... Uh, <laughs> I was really, really positive when the season started. Unlike the market. Are you, are you less positive now? <laughs> they don't look very good. The defense looks great. The defense is number one in the in the league, just like they were last year, but the same problems were had last year. Our quarterback play hasn't been very good. The, the, Russell, Wilson, line. the Russell Wilson hype's not been up, you know, not I, lived up yet. I so. haven't watched a minute of Broncos football, but when you look at the scoreboard, you would say that offense seems really stagnant so far. Right. So right. it has been bad and he's been under a lot of pressure. The offensive line has played terrible. So uh, it's not all on Russ, but uh, Hey, they're two and one. So in the wins NFL, so, so NFL is yep. of, of any other league in the whole, you know, whole world. Just winning is, yep. is hard. So less games got more important wins. Yeah. How about your, how about your Hawkeyes? They, they're yeah. getting back on track three and one. They won at Rutgers. That's, that's pretty good. Well, the defense helped with some Scored scoring. 14. They, yeah, yeah, I was they're like, outscoring the offense. <laughs> yeah. I think this year. So I told Luke, I'm like, can a, can a punter be the MVP? You know what I mean? Like he's out here killing it. Yeah, okay. Big he's 10 player of the week. Yeah. Did anybody see the butt pump, butt punt? Yes. Who, which the, team was that? was the Dolphins, Dolphins wasn't, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. It's yeah, kind of circulating the, Bills, the internet. The Bills yeah. got a safety off of the the punter for the Dolphins punted the ball into his like protectors, but uh, but oh, <laughs> his protector came backwards too much and he, hit, and he <laughs> kicked it and hit the yeah. guy off the. They were in the back. The they were in the back of the end. They were in the end zone punting, so he had less room, and then he just backed right into him. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of becoming a meme all over <laughs> the internet right now. But so. guess what? The Dolphins are only one of two, three and O teams yep, in the league. Right. So who's laughing? Uh, joke's not on on them. Um, the, them and the Eagles uh, of all so, teams, right? So here's your Super Bowl. You know, Dolphins and Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have picked that to be the first? The only two teams left undefeated after three weeks. Nobody. That's great. Not Col me. Cole J, you're quiet. NFL's not going well for you. Yeah, you know, I've already, you know, my Steelers are one and two. Quarterback suspect, quarterback play, defensive MVP is hurt, you know, probably for most of the season. So I don't know. We'll see. We're, we're a good organization, though. I'm optimistic. You know, we'll, we'll still, you know, be competitive. So we'll see. I don't think it's our year to go, go too deep, but. Somehow Tomlin will get to ten and seven. You yeah. know he will. <laughs> he'll, he'll somehow get the team to ten and seven, get in the playoffs. They probably won't do much, but uh, but he's such a good coach. And I know Najee Harris has been a little under uh, underwhelming, and, and I think he's been a little nicked up too. So I think I saw a thing that was like Mike Tomlin hasn't had a losing season in like fifteen years or something like that. I think, I think he's, he's only had wow. one, one one in, in his, his career. whole career. Yep. That's crazy. Nope. Yeah, That's and hey, at least you have Kenny Pickett as your backup because you know the future is bright. Like. Nope. I got Baker Mayfield as a starter, and we have Sam Darnold for a backup, so it could be worse. Yeah, I love the Steelers franchise. So it's just uh, it, 
the, they do they, right. they, yeah, they've stuck consistent. You look, they've had like three head coaches in like 70 years, you know, that's it's something crazy. So it's, yeah, it's because they, that's can, ridiculous. They, they commit to their, you know, to their coaches and the organization has a, you know, they draft good players and have good people in that organization. So it's a cool franchise to, to follow and six time Super Bowl champs. I so. knew you were, okay. <laughs> okay, we'll get the boys off the football horse here. So we're going to talk more about the market, some opportunities. Obviously, there there is negatives to a down market. We understand that. But there are opportunities, and we like to help our clients pivot. And, Cole, you have a pretty good example of how you guys kind of did that. Yourself. Yeah, yeah. So I'll give a real-life example, and the only client's information that we can share is myself and my wife, Molly. So uh, Molly had a, an old IRA that we had rolled over from a 401k, and, and it was just sitting in an IRA. Uh, had been all the way up to about 32000 in value and recently had dropped below, um, below that, <laughs> below 20,000. Um, so we converted it to a Roth IRA. And you would maybe ask why you would do that at that point, because you pay taxes on the amount that you can convert from an IRA to a Roth IRA, not the, uh, the value at the highest value or the, the lowest value. It's whatever the amount is at the time. Well, it was at its lowest value. I was planning on converting it at some point anyway. And I was like, well, what time is better when it's at the least amount that it's ever been. Not saying it's not going to go lower, but I convert that. We're going to pay taxes on that money this year, um, which which we're prepared to do. And then we never have to pay taxes on that money ever again. Um, and it can grow to as big as it's going to grow. And uh, when we are over age 59 and a half, we can take it out tax-free. Yeah. So it's an opportunity for people. If you have a smaller IRA or if you can pay some taxes on some IRA money. Uh, there is no income limit on a Roth conversion. So you can make a million dollars a year. You can still do Roth conversions. Right. Cause some people are limited to putting stuff in Roth. They make too much income. So they might have an IRA and they might have extra money. And this might be the time to convert it. Cause they do do that anyways. Yeah. I have, um, just, just a heads up to some of my clients. You're going to be hearing from me about this idea because <laughs> I made a list yesterday. So I'm going to be calling out to some people. I love Roth money. We know that. Yeah, Bailey's a big. You know, she's always a huge advocate of the of the Roth. So, <laughs> me too. Um, yeah, but again, it comes back to the conversation. You know, you need to be having those ideas, and that's where, uh, you know, I think there's many opportunities that this market's given us right now. So, you know, you can look at it one of two ways: you can be a Debbie Downer or say, "Hey, what are the opportunities? What are the things we're going to do moving forward?" And this is, you know, another one. And you know, I, I think, uh, you know, another area or thing we've been talking to about clients. Uh, is is rebalancing diversification obviously you hear that you hear that uh, uh, that word a lot with us is uh, diversifying and you know I gave that tax loss harvesting example um, that's a prime time of you know harvesting some some losses and then you know to make sure your portfolio is diversified you know sometimes you know crazy markets volatile make you more aggressive more conservative um, this is a good time to recheck that and by default you're you're making some changes so you can um, you know, look at, is there areas I need to add to or opportunities? Maybe you want to get rid of some things that have underperformed. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's another area that, you know, I think, um, you know, with opportunity that the market's given us. With that diversification, another thing that, that rings true, in, and I talk to clients about this a lot, is just for example, if your client didn't have that money in non-qualified, he wouldn't have had that option. Say he had all his money in a SEP IRA, he was a farmer. What if he put all his money in a SEP IRA? He wouldn't have that option to do the non-qualified account tax loss harvesting. So I talk to clients about that a lot because people think, oh, I'm putting money in my 401k. That's, you know, that's fine for retirement. And I talk to people about, well, yes, that's great, but you also need to create other accounts so you have different 
strings that you can pull as you get into retirement and maybe even before retirement if you want to retire early. So not only diversification with investments, but diversification with where you have those and different buckets. buckets. You talk about a lot about buckets. Yep. Have different buckets of money that you can pull from. Don't have everything in one bucket because then it doesn't give you the uh, options that you need. And that's why some people are like, I don't know if I'm old enough to work with an advisor. I'm pretty young. We're not even close to retirement. But these are strategies you can set up at an earlier time so you have these buckets and they have enough money. And then you can utilize these strategies in times like this and have opportunities, which is another, I can't remember the statistic, but we talked about people getting out of the market right now. Like, what would you tell the people? Because it is a fearful time for some people that they pull out, they sell, they sell at the low end you know, it ends up hurting them instead of writing this time out. Yeah, that's, I have a, a, a phrase, I guess I use all, all, all the time. And it's, it's better to be in the market than to time the market, right? And especially if you're a younger person, you know, almost, I, I don't think you can find a stat out there that shows trying to time versus just time in the market. That's going to show that you're going to do better. I would say the best professionals in the world don't, you know, that all they do is manage stocks and buy and sell stocks. And they, they don't get it right, you know, nearly 50%, maybe 50% of the time, you know, how are we supposed to do it? And that's where it's, it's letting your plan dictate the decision-making, right? Letting your plan, your, you know, your goals and objectives, you know, that should come first. And then you go back to, okay, is this individual transaction? How does that impact to those? And that's, that's sometimes you got to put into context of where we're at, what we've done the last couple of years, we've had a lot of gains. So if you had money in the market the last three years, yes, we've given a little bit back, but we're still net, you know, up significantly Positive. over the last two years. Um, yeah. So, and I won't steal your thunder because I know you have the kind of have the stat at top of mind, but time in the market and what Cole's going to explain is, is if, if you had got out of the market and you missed the top 10 days of the SM, so, so you were trying to buy and sell and time the market and you happened to do it wrong, you would have ended up, you know, losing out on, on so much. Yeah. So what he's referring to, there's a, one of the vendors or fund companies we use, but has a, they did a report and this I think was accurate up to 2020. So they were just using the S and P for, I believe a 20 year period and there, and they were, they were showing, um, uh, excuse me, a one year period there. And they were showing trailing of 2020. If you miss the top 10 trading days, uh, in that year, you had a negative return. So say you just own the S and P index, that's it. You own the S and P 500, and you miss the top 10 trading days, you'd be really unlucky to, unlucky to pick the top 10 and those are the days you were out. But what that's saying is most of your gains, especially if you're an equity investor or a growth investor, come on very few days in the market. And it's how do you pick those days? You know, that's it's a very, very hard thing. It's almost impossible. Yeah. So so that's the thing. And then you go into missing the top 30 and the missing the top 50. It just gets, the numbers get significantly worse. So it's easy to say, hey, let's sell and get out. But then you're going to go, when do we get back in? Right. That's Who makes that decision, right? And, and a lot of times we're, we're going to be a component of riding it out. I mean, people hate to say that, but that's where we, we have the discussion ahead of time of like, hey, if down market happens, here's how it looks on your portfolio. Are you comfortable with that? If not, we need to de-risk a little bit. If they are, then we go through and then someone comes to us a lot of times you know, mm -hmm. talk, I mean, I'm sure you could speak to this. You, you're having many of those conversations right now. Right, right. So I, I kind of... Uh, talk to people along those lines like hey you know this happened two years ago in 2020 and and what happened and this happened in 2009 and what happened you know, it, do you think the stock market will be higher or lower in one year from now most people will say oh well higher okay then you know are you going to use any of this money in the next year 
Well, no. Okay, then why would we take a chance and sell out and 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 if we're wrong and and the markets you know continue to go go right back up, then you're going to be out. So, it, it, same thing that Cole's saying is like if you are not planning to use this money and you don't need it in a cash position, um, and you can stand you know stomach the the downfall, it, it's better to stay in. Mm-hmm. Ride the roller coaster. Don't get off in the middle. Of, you know what I mean? That's just a good analogy, but. Again, so important. This is why these conversations are important. I was actually, small plug, we have a social security seminar October 6th, but I was calling people for RSVPs and I could tell some people were like asking for meetings. I'm like, well, what do you need? Like, not that we don't want it, but what would you like to discuss at the meeting? And I could just almost feel like they want to talk about the market. Should I do something different? And it just speaks volume of why it's important to walk alongside a financial advisor, especially during a bear market. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Not to, not to age you here, but you know, I've been, Bailey and I've been through a couple, you know, short down market cycles, but you're probably the only one that's really seen a true, you know, multi-year, you know, economy, all kinds of different things going on. So I know you had some experience. You've told us some stories about when you were at principal uh, in the foreign K department, you know, dealing with client service. So t- tell us a little bit about that time. I know you kind of got I'm getting green. a little red <laughs> because, um, yeah, probably th- 2008, 2009, you guys weren't uh, in the investment business. But I, high school. I graduated high school. Oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. Shut yeah. up. So, so I was at principal and we had a lot of people freaking out um, for, by, you know, for, for, for good reasons. Um, you know, it was a lot worse than right now. Uh, the, uh, for the Dow, for example, had hit 14,000 in 2007. And in March of 2009, the Dow was below 6,000. So it had lost more than 50%. Yeah. So when you think about 20, 25%, what we're dealing with right now, we're, we're that, that, that's not even close to what was going on here. And I had people calling into the 401k department. We had 150 people on hold. I mean, it was just, it was just a nuts time. And, and uh, it was, it was really educational to, to talk to people in that time because they were, they were not upset. They were very upset, but they also didn't know what was going on. I mean, it was very, it was just such uncertainty and the market hates uncertainty. I've probably said that several times. Um, so what people would do is they'd call in and talk to the 401k and so, some people would, I'd be like, okay, well, you're, you're 27, you have $10,000 in your account. Yes, I understand it's only worth 4,500 right now um, because it will drop from 10,000 to 4,500, but are you planning to use this money anytime soon? Well, no. Okay, well, you know, typically markets turn around in a couple of years and, and you should keep investing. You're buying things at a lower price and you haven't actually lost money, quote unquote, until you sell the shares that you have of your mutual funds or whatever you have in your 401k. And some people would get it. And, and some people would be like, okay, so I should just leave everything as is and just let it go. Um, and, and that, that, you know, for, for someone in that age range, that's what they should have done in that time period. Uh, but I did have people that would call in and be like, I can't, I can't handle this. I can't, you know, I've seen my account drop from uh, 50,000 to 22,000 and I, I just can't take it. Just sell it all, put it in the money market. Well, if you would have done that in March of 2009, your account would probably have doubled, probably not even doubled since then, um, instead sit in the money market. And if it would have stayed in the stock market, it would have tripled or quadrupled by now. So it's all about where you're at in the process and what you, what you need to accomplish in the next, you know, one, two, 10, 20 years. Um, these people, most of them were long-term investors, but I did have to talk to people that were getting close to retirement. Yeah. I was just going to say very situational. I was going to 
Yeah. Pivot and say, what about someone who's getting ready to retire? Well, and that's where, um, you know, if you're over the age of 59 and a half and you're going to retire, you know, say at 62 or 65, you shouldn't have been 100% in the market. And I didn't tell people that because that wasn't my job. But at the same time, I'd be like, well, all of your investments are in the stock market and the stock market's down, you know, I, you know, I apologize, but especially if you're looking to retire anytime soon, you're going to maybe have to wait it out and wait for the market to come back. So, and not everyone was in that position. Um, also, everyone, another common misconception with 401ks is, is they think that 100% of their account is in the market, in the stock market. And, and if you worked with a financial advisor and, you, and you've gotten ready for retirement, typically they're not going to have all of your account in the stock market. They're going to have some in bonds, some, some maybe in a fixed interest rate or money market or something like that. Yeah, that's one of the, uh, it makes me cringe, you know, when I maybe get a new client or someone and we start educating on different options, maybe available in their 401k or things. And they're like, gosh, I wish I would have known that was even an option. You know, just like you talk about non-qualified accounts and, and people know, and a lot of times it's people don't know until they have that conversation or, or seek out. So yeah, I mean, great, great example, very real life, uh, you know, example. And, uh, obviously hopefully we don't go to that, to that extent, but, but again, you know, it's, it's part of, there's positives and negatives of every market situation and, and you're going to make the most out of it based on your situation and having a plan. I agree. Cause I mean, we've sat down and it just, like you said, it's education. People don't even know what options they have in their 401k. Yep. How many means have we been like, I haven't looked at it. I'm not sure what I am. I just went with what my coworker was in, which again. Not a valid investment strategy. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> right. why we work with professionals. That's why NFLs have coaches, you know, yeah. everyone needs that person to guide them. But yeah, yeah, that is a bear market. Anything else you guys want to add to that? Well, just, just in my opinion, you know, the, the 2008 recession, there, there was a lot going on that was bad in the just economy and the world uh, with the housing recession. You know, so right now, t- t- in my opinion, uh, fundamentally, there's nothing wrong with the United States or the markets in general. Of course, there are some issues, um, but but the the housing recession um, was and banks were going out of business and, and things were were way worse than they are right now. Rising interest rates and, and inflation are not reasons that for us, I believe, that we're going to see a major, major, major downturn like we did in 2008. Correct. The private sector is in a much better spot than it was in 2008. I mean, that's Correct. a huge difference where, versus, yeah, we've got some, you know, whatever side you're on, governmental issues, probably inflation, things there, but individual households are still, you know, doing really strong and, you know, our private businesses are still, you know, very, very strong. So I think, you know, I'm an optimist at, you so know, I, yeah, so I'm an optimist. I. I'm a half, you know, half full guy at all times. And I think, you know, yeah, I, I like that of one year from now, I think we're going to be better. Are we at all time and eyes, who knows, but I think we'll be much better than we are now. And it'll be, it'll be a little more clear picture for us. So uh, I think, you know, we say one thing, stay positive, uh, stay positive out there, even, even through tough times and make sure you're having the conversations. Yeah. I think we are seeing volatility, not a recession. So that's just my opinion. And remember, none of us have a crystal ball. Cole does on his desk, but it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't work. It doesn't, doesn't work. work. It's broke. Well. Yeah. You know, but and Will again, the Broncos win the Super Bowl? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But you know what? It's an emotional thing. We understand that. It's it's very emotional. People just need educated. People need someone to just sometimes talk them, talk them through it. So I think that's what you guys do a really great job of. A couple things. Again, Social Security 
event seminar October sixth at the Starlight. You can six RS- o'clock. Six o'clock. Free free dinner. You can RSV on RSVP online. It's always a good time. Social or call the office. Yeah. Yep. Call Emily Q. Shout out. But yeah, um, that's what I got. Like, All right, share, guys. Oh, like, like, share the podcast, Caleb. Tell them. Yep. Like, uh, like it, share it, subscribe on all podcasting platforms. Uh, it's now on YouTube as well. Um, follow these guys on their social media. Facebook. Uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, LinkedIn Twitter, Twitter. And uh, visit their website for any questions. Send them a message. They're there to help you. Perfect. That's a wrap. Make it a great week. Go Cubs. You've been listening to How to Money with Cole and Cole, the podcast of Essential Financial Group, courtesy of Spin Market. Learn more about the Central Financial Group on their website, www.centralfinancialgroup.com. For now, I'm Cole. And I'm Cole. And we'll see you on the greens. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associations Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Royal Alliance Associations Incorporated is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associations Incorporated. Material discussed is meant for general informational purposes only, and it is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Diversification does not insure against loss. Any guarantees discussed refer only to fixed insurance products and are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company.